0: to the Egg Gap Evolution podcast. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show for the very first time. Before you continue listening to this episode, I just wanna let you know that I'm advising a trigger warning. Um, This is an episode that is part one of a five-part series on child suicide awareness and prevention and generational healing for black children and families. The idea for this series was born out of the fact that since 1991, suicide attempt rates for Black children have increased by 80% and rates have not increased that significantly for children of any other ethnicity. So since this podcast, the mission of this podcast is focusing on helping children build a better future, I thought it would be a good idea to address this issue of suicide among Black children And talk about generational healing for families so that we can make sure that more children start deciding that life is worth living so that they can use their gifts and talents to actually be the future and create a better world for themselves and for us all. So if you decided that's you, if you're one of the folks who says, hey, maybe listening about this topic is not the best idea for me right now, I invite you to skip on to some of our episodes that we've uploaded in the past. We talk about such cool things like teens and real estate, the importance of potentially bringing yoga to classrooms to give kids um, coping tools that they may not have had otherwise. We talk to Baltimore City school teachers that give us an inside look on what it's like to be a teacher um, and also prioritize mental health. We talk about children and civic engagement. We even talk about kids in animation working for companies like Disney and Nickelodeon um, to flex their creative skills. There's so many different topics, and in each episode, you'll find rich wisdom, revelations about ways to help children learn that you just don't hear about every day. So without further ado, for those of you who say, hey, this is something that, um, that I think I'm going to listen to right now, then I hope you found a lot of value in this episode and in this series. And if you know someone who this episode could help, please share it.
1: Here's the biggest thing. Currently, right now, youth are, and they've been doing this, but youth commit suicide. So it's not something where if you're have if you sitting down talking with your children, you've started noticing some issues, talk with them directly, and ask them, hey, are you having suicidal thoughts? And then just ask them. It doesn't mean that they're going to commit suicide, but if they say yes, then you need to explore and talk about that. But there are plenty of youth who call, and they're calling because maybe it's, uh, you know, when I think about some of the recent calls, a lot of youth who are struggling with their sexuality and they're not being supported by their family. That's a big thing. Um, A lot of youth who are having issues at school. That's a big thing. You know, having those, you know, hey, I had a fight with my mom and my dad. I feel like I'm going to kill myself. You know, ha- I can't talk with them. Um, some of those things have happened. So there is no age range. Um, there is no age limitation um, with receiving those resources, receiving that assistance.
0: The voice that you just heard is that of Gary O'Neill Jr. Gary is a professional mindset and business coach, a motivational speaker, entrepreneur, and community activist. And how I know Gary is because he's a podcaster of the C Plan Do Show where he covers a variety of topics in areas of personal growth, community awareness, and everything else. I actually had the pleasure of listening to a number of Gary's episodes, and I advise that you check him out, too. I dropped the link to his show in the show notes. Um, and what's really awesome is that the very first time that I listened to Gary's podcast, I actually caught one of his season finale episodes back in September. And when I listened to that episode, I was planning out what guests would be a part of this series on child suicide prevention. And it just so happens that Gary ended that season on his podcast talking about the 988 crisis lifeline and advising people going through tough times in life who may need someone to talk to or who may need encouragement while his show was on a break to give that lifeline a call. But so Gary gave some behind the scenes takes on what it's like for him volunteering at the 988 Crisis Lifeline. So I thought it'd be a great idea to have Gary come on the show and talk more about that experience. So that when maybe yourself or maybe someone you know and love or maybe someone you know from work needs someone to reach out to during a time in life where it's just too much to bear by yourself. You may feel more comfortable calling in because you understand exactly what's going on behind the scenes. And exactly the type of people um, you are going to encounter when you give the Lifeline a call. Welcome to the Egg Gap Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Phillips. You can call me Mariah because that's my name. And I'm thrilled to have you on this journey with me and all of the spectacular guests who jump on the podcast to give you more options for educating children so that children have more options for building a magnificent future. The Egg Gap Evolution Podcast is a digital community where parents, educators, and innovators drop the details on how they are using their lives to help children explore the vastness of education beyond the textbook so that we can close America's education gap together. And just in case you didn't get the memo, producing a podcast is a whole lot of work. We're talking schedule coordination, production, the list goes on and on. So in return for bringing you this show every week, we just ask that you always find a way to share and use what you learn on the podcast to enrich children and families everywhere. Alrighty, without further ado, come along with me to meet our very next guest. Now, before we jump into Gary's full interview, I wanted to clear up a few things. For those who have been listening to the show for a while, you know that we typically focus on innovative education, ideas, and solutions that help children meet the future now. Talking about mental health is a component of the podcast that maybe some of you weren't expecting. In preparation for this series and for future episodes that I'm going to sprinkle throughout the podcast episodes about mental health. I just wanted to share a little bit about how we got here, how I came to the decision that in addition to talking about innovative education, the Ad Gap Evolution podcast will prioritize episodes about mental health for children and families. One random night, I laid across my bed after an exhausting day's work and opened my emails. Among the usual shoe sale or Uber Eats receipt emails (laughs) stood out an email from someone named Joel Pulliam. This guy had discovered this podcast, the one you're listening to now, Gap Evolution, through a list served called Black Beltway that I notify every time a new episode of the show is released. You know, it's really true that you don't know who's watching or working eager to support it. Turns out Joel founded 1st and 15th Foundation, which is a nonprofit that educates black voters and marginalized people on civics. Civics meaning the policies and happenings, both political and non-political, that affect the quality of your everyday life and community. The name of Joel's nonprofit nods at the First Amendment, the right to free speech, and the 15th Amendment, the right to vote from the United States Constitution. If your curiosity has been piqued, I added a link to Joel's website in the show notes, but don't you dare pause this episode because now we're about to get into what Joel's email actually said. Um Basically, Joel's email opened my eyes to what the Ed Gap Evolution podcast could become and is currently becoming because Joel asked to interview me to be featured in the nonprofit's newsletter. I agreed, and out of all the great questions he asked, two of them stood out the most, and here they are. The first one was with recent With the recent removal of black history from schools and textbooks, I literally have the email open and I'm reading it verbatim, y'all. So he said, with the recent removal of black history from some schools and textbooks, what role do you think the Ed Gap Evolution podcast will play in the near future? The second question is, what role do you think parents and guardians play in closing the education gap? So let's circle back to question number one. At first, when I read this question, I'm going to be honest, I thought this podcast, this podcast is about innovative education programs and ideas. Not once on this show did I say like in plain English that we were looking to archive black history because this show is for parents, educators, and innovators of all races from all backgrounds. I believe that closing America's education gap is something that can only be done when we all try our best to get on the same page and to, you know, work work together to help close the education gap. But then I, you know, I thought to myself, I had to catch myself. I said, Mariah, you are an advocate for equal rights. You're an advocate for the black community. You know, if you know me, you know, I am not one to mince my words. And I certainly stand up, you know, in the face of racism or, um, you know, classism or anything that does not support Every human being being equal, so I said, "Well, duh! Black history is for parents, educators, and innovators of all races." And since the show's mission is to help close America's education gap, we as a society and we as a a business, the Ed Gap Evolution Podcast, is also a business. We can't achieve that mission of closing America's education gap through innovative education if we do not prioritize educating everyone on the experiences, experiences, and contributions of Black people in our past and present and um the way joel posed his initial question was so interesting because I had heard about the threat and removal of black history from textbooks and but I said you know, there are so many textbooks that talk about slavery so many textbooks that talk about the different inventions and con- contributions that black people made to society so I said it's bad that those things are being taken away but is there a way that we could simply preserve that type of knowledge for future generations and just put it on a different platform put it in a different um put it on a different medium and the answer is yes that that is possible and that is also something I'm very interested in doing on the podcast, but I also said, Mariah, this is a podcast thinking about the f- present and the future. Um, consider We consider the past because the past is important. If you don't know your past, you're bound to repeat it. It's a podcast that helps children meet the future now through educating parents, educators, and innovators. And so I said, well, issues that are affecting our present and issues that are likely to influence our future, that is education. And those are stories that need to be archived. And you know, look at what parts of life and parts of society and parts of social happenings today. Um, why not look at which ones are standing out most for the Black community and use the podcast as a place to talk about those things, to investigate those things, to educate people on those things, and to investigate them, and so that we can stick to our mission of um, helping our children build a better future by educating ourselves and assisting our youth with closing the education gap. And so um, I want to thank you, Joel. You know, when you listen to this episode, hopefully you do listen to this episode for reaching out randomly and posing those questions and getting my wheels turning. Um, and, and I'll actually read you guys um, my answer to Joel's first question. This is the answer that I gave him when he asked that question. I said, You know, Joel, I never considered the podcast consciously playing a role in subsidizing black history education for students or playing a role in its reinstatement for those districts that may have lost it. But this question has my wheels turning. This past spring, I contemplated taking a documentary style approach to future episodes where the show would thematically connect America's education past, present and future. From the starting point of major historical events. For example, I had this idea that um, if we delve into the Tulsa Race Massacre, then delve into economic programs for kids and the future of economics within the Black community and beyond, that's education and that's archiving Black history. And so it was really cool that I had like brainstormed that back in the spring and then here come Joe. Uh, Joel in July of 2022 asking me a question that just helped me, you know, flesh out that idea further. Um, And so I think that the podcast can and will become a space where Black history is archived. And um, in my response, I said, I'd need to build a team to make this happen. (laughs) And I'm excited about the possibilities. And I thanked him for posing the question. And what's really cool is all of that is happening right now. Um, And so... Now, here we are just five months later after Joel asked those questions. Um, here we are launching this series called Child Suicide Awareness and Healing for Black Children and Families. A series born from the fact that suicide attempts by black children ages 5 through 18 increased by 80% between 1991 And present day. If you want to follow along as we investigate the potential causes and solutions for ending child suicide, period, then please hit the subscribe button. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go on here right now and hit the subscribe button. If you listen on Spotify, hit the subscribe button. Pandora, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening, hit the subscribe button because this is this is the very beginning, y'all. Um, right now, if you're listening, you're getting in on the groundwork of the work that we're going to be doing on the podcast. In addition to the work and uh, episodes that we're going to be producing on innovative education, you're getting in on the ground level of the work that we'll be doing regarding archive and Black history. And um, it's truly an honor. And I can't, you know, I I want to cry sometimes when I think about it because I just didn't even see this coming. But um, I think this is an excellent space to do that. And so please hit the subscribe button, follow along, um, share this podcast with your friends, with your community, with your own email list so that we can all get the knowledge that we might find very helpful in improving our lives and helping our children to build a better future. Yeah. So now for question number two. So this is the second question that stood out to me among the many questions that Joel asked during my interview. And he said, what role do you think parents and guardians play and closing the education gap? I found this question interesting because if you're a longtime listener of the podcast or listen to previous episodes on the show, you know that I typically interview people who have started, lead, or work in programs that help K 12 students explore education um, beyond the textbook. For example, we have an episode about teens working in real estate. Um, Yoga in classrooms. So kids practicing yoga in classrooms, um, kids creating animation. So, uh, you know, like cartoons and things like that for Nickelodeon and Disney. Um, Even episodes on teens getting experience in corporate and getting to talk to CEOs of major companies, you know, and just getting an idea for that's like. I've even interviewed a Baltimore City public school teacher. So the range of the types of folks that we have on this podcast who are actively leading innovative education and influencing um, the way that young minds are molded today. Um, when I talk to these founders and subject matter experts and educators, one common theme that many of them bring up either on air or off air is the disconnect between um, children's education, children and parents. So let's say we had a, a um, you know let's say we had a wheel and then the middle of the wheel was, Um, education. You know, they're saying that uh, children and the parents are on two opposite ends of the wheel. And then the school is on, you know, is on another spoke of the wheel. And then the ultimate goal, which is a rich education is in the middle. And although at some point, those three things connect in the middle, it would be great if we could find a way for Those things to have arms that reach out and connect with one another so that we can all be on the same page as we um, help these children enrich their futures. And so not in an accusatory way, but simply because as parents, you have a lot on your plate. You're dealing with your own lives and life events. I'm not a parent yet, but, you know, life be lifing. And I can only imagine what it's like when you add, you know, as much as we love our family members, when we have one or two or more children or spouses, or you know, aunts and uncles, and parents and grandparents. On top of that, um, it can be a lot to deal with. And so, you're managing yourself. You're managing your family. The list goes on and on. And even though you're doing your very best as a parent, you may still be open to support on how you can get a better idea of what kind of information the people outside of your house, who you may have never met, are imparting on your child's brain. So. This this goal to bridge the gap between parents, edu- the education system, um, and children, this is this is to help parents. Every day if your child goes out the the house for school or even if they join school online, or anytime they're not in your presence, and we know that children doing things on their own is important for their growth and development. And at the same time, anytime your child's not in your presence, they're They're likely with people who are influencing who they are. And so as much as we have an excellent, you know, we have excellent educators and people with such good intentions out here, including the people who are on the show, who want the best for your kids and who are um, passionate about making education exciting and fun and explorative it's also important for you to know exactly what's going on in those arenas and exactly what's going on in those spaces, because that's what's making your child into who they are now and who they will become in the future. And, you know, everybody's different, but um, it might be nice to know what's going on in that, in that, in that avenue. And if you have a child who's not interested in school and who is not interested in education, um, studies have proven that when parents show, when, when kids can see their parents show an interest in actively being involved in their education, even for a little bit, each day or each week, children start to get more enthusiastic about their education. They see it as something important because you are your child's idol and you're the, you're their biggest role model. And so, This is what the podcast is for. You may be a parent that's interested in gaining better understanding of how you can better support your child and reaching their fullest potential without stressing yourself out (laughs) and without worry, fear. So to Joel's question, what role do you think parents and guardians play in closing the education gap? Here's my answer. I said, I believe that parents and guardians play a number one role in closing the education gap. Before a child even looks at a textbook. They're educated by parents throughout daily life and experiences, no matter how wonderful or maybe traumatic that experience is. Therefore, parents have the greatest influence over shaping their child. You are truly your child's superhero. And so in the spirit of building a village around you and your family and support of helping your child reach their fullest potential, while maybe even uncovering information that'll help you as a parent start living or keep living your best life. Let's jump on into this interview featuring Gary O'Neill jr. Gary is a Baltimore native and he volunteers at the nine, eight, eight crisis lifeline.
1: My parents are hearing impaired. And I think that just, they did such an amazing job and I love my parents very much. And I know that in addition to them, um, being hearing impaired, being deaf, and raising amazing children. Um, the biggest thing, I just I just noticed that, you know, we want to have some compassion in the world. They, they, my father worked, my mother took care of us. So we had a regular, normal life, but I always just had a, a passion to help people. And, and I think that a, a lot of compassion came from my household and my family. So I think that, you know, that along with being big, and you're right, a lot of people do have assumptions even now about me. They may not know me. They just look at me and they may, you know, just think, oh, you know, here's this huge guy. But I think I'm pretty disarming as far as when people, when I talk to people, but I also understand that I am six, eight, and I'm a big guy. And I Mm -hmm. think that does sometimes when I speak to someone who may be a little bit nervous, especially children, you know, just disarming Mm -hmm. them and just talking to them. And it just sort of, Makes it easy, but I've been through this. I'm 42, so I think I've been tall (laughs) my entire life. So it just sort of always is a thing.
0: You said that, you know, through being raised by your parents and, you know, being in your household, you really, I don't want to say got a grip on, but you really learned to live from a place of compassion and a lot of aspects that many of us may not consider. Um, And, you know, while we know that there are so many places that we can go to, for help, you know, as human beings, as citizens local to Baltimore specifically, a lot of our listeners are in Baltimore. Um, We know that there are a lot of places we can go to for help. If we need someone in a time of emergency, time of crisis, we need compassion. Um, You know, there's 911. If you have an emergency emergency in Baltimore, there's 311. If you want to report a non-emergency, but you, I don't know if specialize is the right word, but specialize in helping people in different aspects, you know, when they call a number, the uh, phone number 988. Can you explain to us the importance of calling 988 um, in a time of need and, you know, why that would be
1: helpful to some folks? Oh, absolutely. So uh, I have been working, as you said before, on the last episode of the c plan Do show. I did talk about my experience working Well, I still work there. Uh, with nine eight eight, and so now if you do, if you guys don't know, nine eight eight is a suicide and crisis lifeline, and so uh, recently with nine eight eight, it just happened. But this suicide, this national suicide and prevention lifeline—that's what it formerly used to be known as. This offers twenty four seven guys twenty four seven access where you can call. So all you have to do is just pick up your phone, hit 988, you'll just start getting immediately transferred to the lifeline. You can call, you can text because we do have chat as well. And so you will be connected to trained crisis counselors who can help people that experience not only suicide because a lot of people when I tell them that I do this, they they're thinking it's sort of like 911 where it's just constant crisis after crisis, that's not always the case. Okay. So if a person is experiencing suicidal thoughts, if they are dealing with substance abuse or any type of mental health crisis or emotional crisis, emotional distress, you could call that number up and we're there to support you. We're there to talk to you. This is a safe space. And in that safe space, we are holding space for you. Where you can, if you are having a rough day, if something is going on and you need to process, we're able to just provide that level of support for you during that tough time.
0: Gary, I'm wondering, what are some things that people might do? I know you just said, you know, people can call for if they're in emotional distress, if they need a process. Do What are some things people may do that we may think is processing but is not. You know, if someone is going through something um and a good idea could be to call the crisis lifeline and talk. Are there some behaviors that <laughs> we tend to do as humans that we think is helpful to us or that very well may be helpful to us when we're in highly emotional times and we just take it as this is what you do when something happens to you but a nice alternative might be calling the crisis lifeline.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a really great question. One of the biggest things that people do is try to keep it to themselves. Okay, And keeping it to yourself is probably one of the worst things you could do. So by keeping it to yourself, you're saying that, oh, no one can help me. No one can help me in this situation. And then what happens is you have this unresolved issues of feelings, these unresolved feelings, these unresolved issues, and you're letting it boil and fester inside of you. And most people, we have a critic in our mind and we have an advocate. And at that point, your critic is probably speaking more than your advocate and saying these negative things. Uh, so in addition to not trying to talk about it, uh, people resort to using drugs They you resort to using alcohol. Um, and they think that, oh, I need to go hit up a happy hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, oh, I need to just be by myself. I need to probably just get it. Oh, I need a drink. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that you can't enjoy yourself and have a good time, but if you're using drugs and alcohol as a means to deal with problems, you will find out, unfortunately that they don't solve them that I've never since I, in, in all my career has someone called me and said, you know what? I drank this bottle. And at the end of this bottle, there was a solution.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So people keeping it to themselves, resorting to drugs and alcohol and other behaviors that are negative. Um, those are typically the biggest things that people do, as opposed to calling. And even okay. when people, okay. It, okay, and even when people call, I've I've been met with a lot of people who the biggest thing they say is a they're sorry they're calling, they think this is stupid, and they don't want to <laughs> burden the hotline specialist. And you're not burdening us if you're gonna call, like just call. Like yeah. we get a lot of different calls in different capacities. It's not nine one one operator where you know they have to deal with the you know the pretty huge task of constant emergency. If you call them because you had a rough day, or you call them because you're really angry with someone, and you need to process it, or you had a rough day at work, or you're feeling overwhelmed. You're you're having anxiety attack or panic attack, or any any type of emotional distress. We're here to support you, and I and I definitely strongly encourage everyone to do that.
0: That's so good to know because, um, like you said, it could be you know you had a rough day, and uh, I think as humans, especially as as fast as society and the world moves now. And all the different influence we have, you know, I think technology has its pluses and its minuses. But we consume so much, you know, so much happens to us throughout the day, or we see so many things, and sometimes it can just feel like this is a bad day, and this is another bad day, and this is another bad day. Mm-hmm. But maybe calling, you know, a free number such as nine eight eight can help to bring some relief. Um, and then some of those, this is just another bad days might not seem may not seem so heavy. Um, you know, at any particular time. Um, And I'm wondering because a lot of folks are listening to this particular episode and series because they are parents Mm -hmm. or guardians or people who uh, have a child in their life that's really special to them. And they want to know what to do if the child is going through any sort of emotional crisis, or maybe the child is dealing with um, suicidal thoughts and tendencies And uh, this is something that I've heard or researched uh, that a lot of parents who are dealing with a child who is um, in the topic of suicide, they feel embarrassment. They may feel guilt or shame. Like, you know, I must have been such a terrible parent. This must be my fault that my child's feeling like this. Um, So maybe they're like, okay, yeah, I heard the podcast. I know I could call 988, um, but they may feel like they are opening themselves up to judgment from a complete stranger who is on the other end of the line. Unfortunately, we go through daily life and you know, you may talk to your cousin about something instead of compassion, you get hit with complete judgment. Um, And you know, we may think that the Gary's of the world on the other end of the 988 crisis line may meet us with that same spirit. But um, I'm wondering, do you all have a goal, like, at the end of, um, well, before I ask that, I just want to know, like, what are your thoughts on that at all? You know, people calling the lifeline and expecting to be hit with criticism. Um, What do you really think when people call?
1: I think that, again, it's very easy. And at times we are so critical of ourselves and we have this critic who stops us from trying to do these things. I'm not saying that the critic and, and you know, this has been the advocate and the critic has not just been something that's spoken by me, but a lot of people, but we have these two imagine you're in a car and you have the advocate, you have the critic. And unfortunately the critic sometimes writes shotgun where they should be in the back. They should be in a trunk somewhere. Uh, But when you're calling, you are 100% met with, a safe space for you to be able to process what's going on you're absolutely right Mariah any situations I've had parents who've called me like that within Mm -hmm. 24 hours this has happened and so our job any hotlines job any any of the hotline any of the uh, if you're calling for resources, you're calling for help because guess what? 988 is there, like you talked about. 911 is for emergencies, 311 is for non-emergencies. Guess what? 211 is also a great resource too. And 211 is gonna be for people who need rental assistance, who their gas electric is about to get cut off. They need help with their bills, they need a place to stay, like shelters and stuff like that. So when you're calling these places, you're being met with people who have signed up for this.
0: And mm, what we're looking to, to think about it, yeah.
1: And, and we're looking to support you. That's not the, what you just said is something that I get. I get often, and so people are a little apprehensive because they think they are going to get met with shame. They they, they are going to get met with criticism or judgment, and that's not the case here. That's not going to be the case when you call. We're here to support you. We're here to provide a listening ear. We're here to offer you resources and support you because any person for the most part that has signed up to take on this task. We're not making boxes. We're not making pizzas. We're not, uh, some other situation we're dealing with people that are going through crisis. And our job is to be able to assist you in your crisis and, and provide you whatever you need at that moment. Some people do need resources. Some people may need, uh, emergency response coming to their home. Uh, And also people may need just a person that says, Hey, you know what? Let's talk it out. Let's map it out. Let's see what you, you know, what's really going on. And, and it's all those different spectrum of conversations that's happened. So if you know, you're going through a tough time right now, if you're listening to this, you're going through a tough time, you're apprehensive, just call here. Guess what? I tell people all the time. You don't even have to give us your real name. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You could just call up and say, hey, I'm John from Tulsa, whatever you want to say. You don't have to give us your real name. You know, you could just call. You could be anonymous. You don't even have to give us a name. But the biggest thing is, is that if you are at this point where you feel as though you're overwhelmed, you're stressed, you know, some type of distress is happening in your life. Mm -hmm. Just call. Some people feel like, oh, they feel like they should only call if they're suicidal. Call most people that call actually are not suicidal okay so just just call okay don't worry about any judgment you're not going to receive that here
0: and i will say i um i think pleasure is the wrong word but i was i did end up calling the hotline for a family member of mine who i suspected was actually suicidal um and it was it was a scary call to make you know just like you were saying you might be apprehensive you're like you really, I was in the headspace and other folks may be in the headspace When, if ever you get to this point where, you know, you're like, is making this call going to make this worse? You know, are they going to put more burden on me that I'm already dealing with? Right. But the cool part was, like you said, when I called, all these resources were available. Like the person, you know, walked me through questions that I didn't even think about asking myself about the situation, um, offered a plethora of resources, And really, and even gave me a timeline for when to use the resources. Like it was just so helpful. Um, unfortunately, the family member is still here today and, you know, doing a lot better, but I feel like if I hadn't called, that might not be the case. So, you know, just like Gary's saying, whether it's you're just having an emotionally distressing day, you need somebody to talk to, you're looking for resources, or you are, um, managing suicidal thoughts and tendencies for yourself or along with a family member or loved one it's an excellent option
1: 988
0: absolutely um, and so as a volunteer crisis worker do you um, do you guys have like goals that you want to achieve by the end of your call? I'm asking because I've heard people say things like I don't want to get arrested or put on mental health, you know, or put in a mental health facility for letting someone know that I'm suicidal or thinking about hurting myself, especially when it comes to teenagers or young adults. You know, we have television, we have social media, so many um amplify worst-case scenarios and that we just don't know if it's true. Right. So, is sending the caller to the police or the hospital a goal of a crisis worker on the other end of that hotline?
1: Ultimately, we are there to provide them. And that's a really great question, because guess what? We get asked that a lot. Any any person that you communicate with that are working a tar- cri- some type of crisis hotline, they are met with this idea that, hey, I'm talking to you and you're secretly calling the police.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the goal of any crisis worker is to be able to assist you in lowering the crisis into re- to, to getting you to a safe space. So it's not our goal to call the police. It's not our goal to get you sent to a hospital. Really? Um, that's we can't even do that. Now, if you tell us that you need assistance and assistance might be a mobile crisis unit, which is going to a mobile crisis unit is going to be a team of professionals. It could be nurses, doctors, it's going to be a team of professionals that come up that they will assist you uh, in whatever that happens. Now, if they deem that you need to go to the hospital, then that's on them. But when you're we're calling when you're calling us, our job is to be able to assist you in whatever that looks like. So, if you so some people call us and say, "Hey, they do need a mobile crisis unit to come out." Some people they, they say, "Hey, I'm suicidal." Our job is to identify what's going on you know, create Mm -hmm. awareness. So if you call any any type of crisis hotline and you say you're suicidal, you're going to be in that conversation met with questions because we do need to assess where you are. You know, if you're saying, I'm feeling like I want to kill myself, you know, you're going to get a question like, okay, well, how are you going to do it? When would you do it? Now, some people say, I want to kill myself, but they don't have a plan. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Or even if some person has a plan, they may not have access. But if you do have a plan, and you do have access and you do look and you are looking to do it. Even then, we we are looking to cr- work with you and collaborate with you. No one's going to be secretive and calling the police. The police are not going to show up to your house. If you feel as though you need, um, uh, again, mobile crisis unit, you let us know and then we'll contact it. If we feel as though they need to show up, what we will do is we will communicate with you because, again, we have to get information from you. Mm hmm. So we don't have everyone's information or where you are. When you call, it's like a call RD. You don't have, you only have limited information. So when you're talking with us, we're trying to establish a relationship with you. And so it's not going to be something where we're going to be deceptive and saying, Hey, you know, I you know, Hey, go look outside. And then the cops are there. Like, that's not going to happen. We're not going to just get you Thankfully. sent to the hospital. Yeah. It's just honestly being able to assist you in whatever that looks like for you.
0: So you heard it right here, everybody. You know, this is truly a resource. So you might be at 100 as far as where you are emotionally or in your, um, you know, how you feel or what you may be looking to do. And their goal is to get you to a lower number. You deescalate to um, help bring you, like Gary is saying, to a safer space where you feel like things are more manageable. Um, and so when we talk about any resource, especially ones that are here, Gary just mentioned um, another one. You said, what, 2-1-1, Gary? Um, you know, when you if you're calling for uh, rental assistance or gas and electric resources, these people have decided that of all the things they could be doing at that very moment, that they're here for you if you are the one to call. So it's free please take advantage of it for yourself and for, um, family members. Um, like I said, I called on behalf of a family member to get some of the very guidance that, um, Gary's talking about now. And Gary, um, what are, what haven't we talked about that you think is important for parents or anyone to know when it comes to suicidal thoughts or reaching out for help? I know we've covered a lot, but are uh, you talked to so many people, are there some common things that you encounter that, People may be thinking about right now, or you just want to let folks know about
1: Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things is reaching out to help does not signal that you're weak. It doesn't signal that you're crazy, it doesn't signal that you're a failure at life. It just simply means you're at a point where you need assistance. And I always like to highlight to people the best athletes in the world have a coach, they have trainers. They have people that support them. A a great support system is key to overcoming a lot of adversity, to overcoming a lot of issues. And so if you're having suicidal thoughts, it doesn't mean that you're going to commit suicide. It just means you have those thoughts. So if you feel as though you're having those thoughts, then just simply call, map it out. Why are you feeling this way? Why are you feeling this way? You know, it's just really just a we're here to assist you in mapping out what's going on, identifying any issues and concerns, and they being able to actively talk you through because some people will call and they have a lot of anxiety, they even be they may even be having panic attacks. And so a lot of things are going on with them. And I always ask people how do you eat an elephant? Now, no one's really eating an elephant guys. But ultimately, I say, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. And so mm-hmm. imagine if right now you try to eat a whole elephant right now, you put salt, pepper, ketchup, hot sauce on it. No, it's not <laughs> work, right. But ultimately, it's about understanding, you know, maybe you're feeling overwhelmed and those thoughts might occur because you're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling stressed. You're feeling panic. You're feeling, you know, let's say that you're you you feel as though your house is about to, you're about to lose your home or the lights are about to get cut off or you know your kids are not doing the best that they could or or what or whatever's going on whatever crisis is happening in your life and you think suicidal thoughts does not mean that you're going to commit suicide it just may have popped in your mind and if you're having those problems just reach out avoid listening to the critic that says oh yeah they're not gonna they're gonna judge you they're not listen uh, we get plenty of calls we get calls from people that frequent calls that call every day and some people when they call every day they call because they just want somebody to talk to okay and when we're talking to them i'm not saying oh we got to get off the phone you know now there is for the most part with people like that if it's a non-emergency we sort of wrap it up after a certain period of time but those people calling because they have no one else to talk to Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling as though, Hey, I need some resources. Call. Like it's been plenty of people say, Hey, I need resources. I need uh, assistance. I need shelter. I need financial assistance. I need access to mental health services. I need assistance. That's just the biggest thing. Cause if the LeBron James in the world or, any professional athlete have coaches and a support staff then why not you right you know why do you think that yeah why do you think you need to go at, at it alone when there are people that have these resources and are designed to be able to assist you
0: yes we all need support um we all need you know it's like you said it's not weak to reach out for help um, and especially, I think uh, a lot of folks listening to podcasts are Black or African-American, whatever you identify as. And um, it can be it can be scary for a long time, whether we're talking about racism, or whether we're talking about, you know, societal pressures um, as a culture, maybe not to be as trusting of strangers. A lot happens, especially specifically in Baltimore, when it comes to trusting people, <laughs> depending on where you grew up. Um, and so that can be a scary thing. Yeah. However, we're here you know talking right now about the fact that you, and you're hearing somebody who actually volunteers there. this is a real guy and you know these are real situations and you can call and people are getting help um, you know 24/7. Gary, I'm wondering, is there a minimum age for calling? like if people wanted to save this number in their child's phone or in the family phone, you know is there um, is it such thing as being too young to call?
1: No, no call. Yeah, I've had, we've had teenagers, preteens. Uh I've had all types of ages call. So okay. you, know, you could I've talked to a a 10-year-old, 11-year-old because again, here's the biggest thing. Currently right now, youth are and they've been doing this, but youth commit suicide. Mm-hmm. So it's not something where if you have if you're sitting down talking with your children, you've started noticing some issues talk with them directly and ask them, Hey, are you having suicidal thoughts? And then just ask them. It doesn't mean that they're going to commit suicide, but if they say yes, then you need to explore and talk about that. But there are plenty of youth who call and they're calling because maybe it's uh, you know, when I think about some of the recent calls, a lot of youth who are struggling with their sexuality and they're not being okay. by their family. That's a big thing. Um, A lot of youth who are having issues at school. That's a big thing. You know, having those, you know, hey, I had a fight with my mom and my dad. I feel like I'm going to kill myself. You know, I can't talk with them. Um, Some of those things have happened. So there is no age range. Um, There is no age limitation um, with receiving those resources, receiving that assistance.
0: OK, well, thank you for um, your wisdom. And guys, we're going to have um, whether you, if you listen to this entire series, you'll hear we have a, a psychiatrist coming on, helping us to identify some of the warning signs of suicidal uh, thoughts or be behaviors or tendencies in children. So when Gary was talking about, you know, you notice some uh, maybe some issues with your child. We're also going to identify what some of those signs may be. Um, and, uh, Gary, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'd love for you to share with listeners, where can people get more nuggets of your wisdom and keep in touch?
1: Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, guess what guys I'm out here. Okay. I'm out here on TikTok. You're not going to really see me dance on TikTok, but I'm out here on all social media platforms. You can always check out the C play do show actually tomorrow starts season six of, uh, you know, I've been doing this for a while. So season six starts actually tomorrow. So probably by the time you hear this episode is already out. Um, I always, uh, talk about different things on any of my social media platforms. So you can go to see plan, do show S E E plan P L A N do show. Uh, you can check that out. Uh, yeah. C plan, do because you can see what you want to do, plan it out, do it. And then you can always get those links. I'm on all social media platforms as Gary O'Neill. I think on Instagram, I'm Life Coach Gary O'Neill, but G A R R Y O N E A L. And you'll be connected with me. And you know, you can always just reach out. Uh, you can always send me an email using any one of those links that you'll see on those different platforms. And let's talk.
0: Yeah. So there you have it, guys. Gary with the two R's. Um, you know how to get in touch with them. And I'm going to drop uh, the link to uh, Gary's website and podcast in the show notes and some other resources that Gary has provided, like the Trevor Project, um, which you can check out, which is related to what you were just talking about, Gary, the LGBTQ um youth who call into the lifeline for assistance um and um if you could just talk about that really quickly i know you sent that resource and one more resource um that folks can click
1: on oh absolutely so uh if you if you or any youth you know Trevor Lifeline the Trevor Project is designed to be able to help uh any lgbtq anybody in that capacity as far as LGBTQ community with okay. resources, support. All right. If you need to call because, Hey, you're having an issue call. Cause again, note that, that, that space is designed for anyone in that, in the LGBTQ community, uh, to be able to assist you in what's going on. If you need to process a lot of people that call on the Trevor lifeline, the Trevor, that Trevor lifeline, that's going to be something where, you know, we're going over information. You're getting resources. You're, you're, you can be put in, you know, connected with different resources, support groups, any of that. So I highly suggest if you have, if you yourself are having issues with your sexuality um, or you're looking for LGBTQ friendly resources, uh, definitely uh, check that out
0: awesome well thank you so much gary i can't say it enough we're gonna drop uh these resources in the show notes and have a wonderful evening
1: oh thank you guys so thank you for so much for having me this is an amazing show keep doing what you're doing and keep uh putting on for our city
0: oh thank you so much definitely always so what'd you think how will you take what you learned today on the Ed Gap evolution podcast to make sure that more children and families know that they have more options for building a magnificent future if you like what you heard and want to get notified when the next episode goes live please subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and we'll notify you when the next episode is out don't forget to check the show notes where i share information on today's guests and yes we do have a website you can always pop in on us at www.eggapevolution.com again i'm mariah phillips and i leave you with this embrace the evolution y'all